It's Isaac Trotter. Guy Limbeck is here, and we're going to break down a little bit of the Vikings against the Colts in Week 2. And it's a it's a huge game for Minnesota in the long-term hopes. I mean, this is a division in the NFC North that we know is going to be competitive. I don't think there's one team that's going to run away with it. But you certainly don't want to start 0-2. And after last week's disaster against Green Bay, they're trying to get back on track against a Colts team that's very solid and can give some teams some trouble. So, Guy, as you kind of head into this, is this a – how big of a game do you think this is? You've seen Viking, the Vikings. You've followed them for a really long time. Like an 0-2 start just doesn't happen very often here. And also, under Zimmer, it feels like one bad performance by this defense doesn't usually turn into two. So I have, I have high expectations. I think the Vikings could come out and, and right the ship on Sunday. But it's obviously in a super important game. Yeah, it's a very important game. But, you know, this is a weird season. There was no preseason games. Um, there's no off-season camps as far as in the spring for these rookies and even the new coming veterans coming in. So it's a really a kind of a bizarre situation. Uh, if you get off to a good, fantastic, but on the other hand, if you get off to a slow start, it might just be like, take a couple, you know, two, three games, almost like a preseason type uh, schedule to get you rolling in the season. The problem is with a 16 game season, you just don't have a whole lot of time to write the ship. If you start off too bad, an own two star wouldn't be disastrous, but it's certainly not something the Vikings want to do. You mentioned the Vikings on defense under Zimmer. Three times now he's given up 500-plus yards in a game. And those first two times, you kind of think, yeah, there's been a few bad games in there, but it hasn't been a trend. You know, it hasn't been, like, a consistent problem. So I think that, you know, it's just going to matter time before he gets the ship right as far as the defense goes. Well, let's do some quick hits, and then um, we'll kind of get into five five Colts we're scared of, maybe some matchups to watch, and we're going to also take a look at some of the betting lines and some interesting games this weekend. It's week two, so it's it's just fun to have football back, but there are some really fun games that it'll be good to break down and some interesting lines that I kind of like too as well. Um, but some of the quick hits so far early, the Vikings have done a pretty good job for the most part with injuries. But starting right guard, Pat Alfline, he is going to miss this game in the next couple. He is going on injured reserve with a thumb injury. I feel like that's kind of weird. Uh, the Colts gave up, or the, the Vikings, I'm sorry, gave up seven pressures last weekend against the Packers, and Elfline was responsible for five of the seven. So maybe there's a little bit of addition by subtraction there as Drew Samia will step in at right guard. And then the other big news is that rookie uh, cornerback Cam Dantzler is going to miss the game on Sunday with a rib injury. He didn't practice at all this week. Those are both pretty big losses, or especially Dantzler. That's a pretty big loss there because he was arguably the best corner, um, according to PFF, on Sunday for the Vikings. So just little tidbits there. I mean, you're you're going to get a little beat up here and there, but the, those I think the Dantzler one is more nervous or nerve-wracking to me than the Elfline one because I feel like Samia could be an upgrade in the long term over Elfline. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to see somebody else come in, step in besides uh, Pat Elfline at that guard position. He's kind of struggled the last couple, three years. Uh, he just kind of keeps getting rotating, rotated around on that offensive line, and it seems like every time he does – it just hasn't panned out for him. So I think some of you know, the fans are definitely anxious to see what another one of those young guards can do because they probably think, hey, it can't get any worse. As far as Dan's are going out, that is going to mean that uh, maybe probably a more opportunities for Jeff Gladding, the first round cornerback, to step in and play this year or this week. I think he only had nine snaps in the opener, which I think you know, a lot of fans are maybe kind of surprised about that. 
glad he's been a little bit uh, dinged up with a knee injury as well. He's been on the injury report. He has been practicing, but that's something to watch as well. That you know uh, how he's able to you know withstand a whole game. Yeah, and it's not like the uh, Colts are not gonna are are, are totally one hundred percent healthy either. They will not be with uh, with uh, starting tight end Jack Doyle. He's hurt. Wide receiver Zach Paschal and Michael Pittman Jr., the, the really impressive rookie out of USC, they are both questionable as well. But let's get into some of these Colts that we're scared about. And I think number one for me has to be T.Y. Hilton. And I know that you know you can talk about some of these guys on the offensive line or maybe some defenders that are pretty good. But I think T.Y. Hilton has the talent to really tear up a Viking secondary that was not very impressive last year, last week. We saw what Devontae Adams could do, and Hilton is very, very talented. He didn't have a great week one, uh, but he is very, really good, and we know Phillip Rivers can challenge this secondary, and Hilton is just a stud. And when he's healthy and, and he's playing, he's really, really tough to stop, and I'm just I'm nervous about this, this secondary going up against a, a talented veteran wide receiver like T.Y. Hilton. He's number one for me. Yeah, he yeah if he gets going, you know, rolling in a game, he could really put up big numbers. Last week, you mentioned he was limited a little bit. Four catches, fifty-three yards. He wasn't dynamite, but still, you know, fifty yards receiving is not too shabby. And uh, in Phil Rivers, he does have the ability to spread that ball around. The good thing is, in the past, the Vikings have done a very good job against Philip Rivers. He's not a very mobile quarterback. They've done a good job putting pressure on him. When they do that, he tends to throw the ball up. Uh, he played it against him last year, two, through two or three interceptions in that game. A few years back, prior to that, and I remember a game, you know, at uh, in Minnesota where uh, you know Chad Greenway picked him off and had a long touchdown return. And I think it was Chad's last year, so you know he's the kind of guy that he'll if you put some pressure on him, he's going to throw some balls up. He's not real mobile, mobile either, so he's not going to be one of those guys that scrambles around and gives you problems that way. So for uh, as far as a on that regard, if so you say about Colts, you know, if the Colts offensive line can step up and, and keep that pressure away, you know, I'm not just saying there's one guy there, but I think that Colts offensive line in general, that's something that the Vikings want to try to, you know, be able to take advantage of. Because if they can't do that and real, Rivers has time to throw, then he can pick you apart. Totally agree. Any any other guys you're real scared about, too, on that Colts offense, or is there a defender that sticks out to you early? Well, just on the, I guess on the offense, you know, uh, that Quentin Nelson, he's just an elite you know, he's an offensive lineman, a guard. You know, you don't really don't hear a lot about guards that much, you know, if they're just doing their job. But he's one of those guys that can just plow holes and pancake guys. So he's a, you know, if you're, if your guys aren't getting uh, pancaked, he's a fun guy to kind of watch block. But so he's the kind of guy that, you know, if he can open some holes or just, you know, keep the pressure off. So you might not expect a whole lot of pressure from the inside from the Vikings this week with him, you know, kind of help stabilizing that. So the pressure might have to come from the outside. So Quentin Nelson, I would say, is an offensive guard to watch. That's where you really miss Michael Pierce. I feel like you would have stepped in and really been able to maybe not beat Nelson, but neutralize him and take away a little bit of his strength sometimes. But now there's interior of the Vikings uh, off, or defensive line is young and still kind of inexperienced. So Nelson is absolutely one to watch. Another guy that I'm interested in seeing, and I wouldn't say I'm necessarily scared of him, but he definitely makes a list, is, is the Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he is going to step in and be the starting running back this week now that Marlon Mack is out for the season with an Achilles injury. So Taylor is one to watch. We know what he did. If you watch Big Ten football, you know how good and talented Jonathan Taylor is. And 
just a tough runner. He proved last week that he could be an impact in the in the pass game as well. He just he's a bruiser, and I feel like behind that offensive line, he could be up for a big day if the Vikings defense doesn't step up and really stick and play fundamental sound defense. You, know, you mentioned Taylor. You know, I'm not sure how big of an impact he had in the passing game last last week. He had nine carries, 22 yards, so he didn't really light it up. But their other other running back, that Neam Hines, you know, he had a modest seven carries for 28 yards. But out of the backfield, he caught eight passes, 45 yards, and the lone touchdown that Rivers threw. So, you know, the Vikings uh, they had a little trouble last week. It seems like with uh, Aaron Jones in the passing game. So that's a guy I maybe think that they're going to have to watch out of the backfield. Hines, you know, catching passes. 100% agreed with you. On the defensive side, the Colts are, are pretty solid. They were not great last week. I thought um, I thought Jacksonville really surprised me with the way that Gardner Minshew was able to, He was, I think he was 19 for 20 passing last week against this Colts defense. So that wasn't very good, but they still have some studs. And I think it really starts and ends with DeForest Buckner on the interior, the defensive tackle. He, he plays that three technique. He's tough. He's he's physical. He's strong. He, he was a big offseason addition from the 49ers last year. He was a huge part in why the 49ers went all the way to the Super Bowl last year. So he's in a new team, and whenever you're with a new team, you're really going to try to impress these new guys. And I think Buckner's one to watch, especially for that interior of that offensive line, for the Vikings offensive line that has been suspect. Although Garrett Bradbury was very good last weekend, I'm still nervous about these guards, and, and Buckner could really put some pressure on him if he's isolated against either Samia or if he's isolated on the other side. Yeah, Buckner, he's a guy that can really collapse that pocket from the interior. He's had some good games against the Vikings in the past. Uh, he's just one of those guys that could be just a real force on the inside. Um, and as far as that goes, you know, he can open things up for other guys. Like I said, Dencio, Dencio Autry had a pair of sacks last week. He kind of shifts inside and outside on the line for the Colts. So he, coming off a two-sack game, he's kind of a guy to watch on their line as well. What about Darius Leonard? What do you like about him? He's another guy that can put some pressure on you. Uh, you got to be careful. Um, I don't know if the Vikings need to came in. Maybe they might need to chip a little more this week with the uh, you know the tight ends. Uh, we're going to talk about tight ends a little bit. That's one something I wanted to see. You're probably going to mention this, but guys need to step up in the Vikings this week on the offensive side. I think you know they didn't get a lot of chances last week, but I think the tight ends need to step up and show that they can do a little bit more. Not only in the passing you know, game, but maybe helping in the blocking game as well. Let's get right into those. Let's talk about some Vikings that need to step up. You like those tight ends. Break those down a little bit more. What what did you not necessarily love from the tight ends last year, last week? It just didn't seem that they were getting, you know, uh, I'm not sure if, if, if they were not getting open downfield or they just weren't getting the looks, but they just weren't getting very many targets until late in the game. I thought Irv Smith would have a bigger impact. I was just surprised that, uh, you know, he wasn't more involved. He's the kind of guy, you know, he's a little different than um, than Kyle Rudolph. Smith's the young guy. He's got those fresh legs. He can stretch the field a little bit more and get downfield. I just hope that, they, you know, Vikings get a chance to maybe use him as a maybe a little deeper seam pass over the middle, you know, with him this game. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that what we saw throughout training camp was that Smith was going to probably be his, um, Kirk Cousins' second favorite target behind Adam Thielen, and it just, well, I guess you could say Dalvin Cook as a target, but as a pass catcher, it was probably going to be um, Irv Smith, and he just didn't get the looks, and I thought that was weird. He only had one target last week, and I think that that needs to change moving forward. Another guy that I thought um, it'd be nice to see more of is I think Justin Jefferson could use a little bit more time, and get, he didn't get in until midway through the, 
to, honestly, right before halftime is when he first saw his first snap. I think Jefferson is a difference maker for this offense. I didn't see a ton from B.C. Johnson early in the game to be like, oh, yeah, guaranteed he's going to be the number two wide receiver for this team. And Jefferson has the Jets on the inside, and we saw a little bit of what he could do with that 17-yard um, yard gain where he really was dead to rights after about three yards. So I'd like to see Jefferson get a little bit more time and opportunity to really, really break out. Yeah, the, I, I, one thing I liked about Jefferson, uh, he caught that one pass, a 17-yarder. He had a little shake-and-bake move in the river. He deked a guy um, and, and made a nice move, and so he kind of showed he could you know, get some yards after the catch uh, after on a reception. The thing about last week's game, you know, it's like we didn't see this, we didn't see that on the offense. For a long time, the Vikings just did not have the ball, I mean, which was kind of frustrating. It's sort of, you know, you kind of want to see what some of these guys can do. You want to see them to do more. But it's hard for them to do more when you, you've got, well, 18 minutes, you know, not even a third of the game, and your plays are, you know, like 40-some plays. You're limited. So that, there's only so many plays to go around, especially, you know, after they got behind a little bit. It was more of a, you know, they're playing catch-up. You have to throw a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That, unfortunately, took Dalvin Cook out of the mix. And I know we both want to see Dalvin Cook get those carries and, uh, and you know, try to have an impact in, in this game early on as well. Agreed. I, I- I think if if we don't talk about though the defense as as guys that need to step up, then we're we're doing a disservice. I think multiple defenders really step into my mind when I first think of guys that need to step up. And first off, I I think Mike Hughes has to have a big game. You really, I mean, you're counting on this guy to have a big impact. And you can talk about Ty Hilton, but Paris Campbell had a really nice line last week for the Colts too. He's dangerous. And if he, he gets off the leash, that, that's that's another weapon that could really torch this Viking secondary. So, Hill, it's his time. He's supposed to be this number one cornerback this week, or this year, honestly. And it, it's time for him to shine. So, Hill, Hill needs to step up. He had seven tackles last week, but I just was not happy with what he was able to do in the, in the as, a, as a, you know, in coverage. It was just bad. It was just bad. And honestly, you know, everybody didn't do great. So, it's it's you don't want to single out one person when the whole entire unit stunk. But Hill has to step up and be that number one guy, that lockdown guy. Yeah, sometimes when you just see a cornerback with a lot of tackles, it's not a good thing. Right. If you're coming up, if you're coming up and making those plays, like on the running play or on the short pass play, right along the line of scrimmage, that's nice to see. But if you're just getting a tackle after a guy's catching a 12-yard out on you after you've given him a five-yard cushion, that's not so encouraging. The one thing I would like to do, see the Vikings do a little bit more this week is play a little tighter in that uh, coverage on the corners. Uh, don't give him that five, seven yard cushion play maybe just more, you know, a couple, three yards off the line of scrimmage or right on him, a little more press coverage there. Uh, maybe, maybe that's where, you know, you got some veteran safeties back there. If the right calls are on the defensive place, you just kind of got to help that you know, hope that you have that defensive help behind you from the safeties. Otherwise, you know, you just can't constantly give these guys, you know, NFL wide receivers, five and seven yard cushions. They're going to beat you for easy, uh, quick slants every time. If, if that's the play call, and you got veteran guys like Rodgers or Rivers who can get the ball out. I really think the game is going to be won in the trenches like it usually is, and we don't talk enough about it sometimes. But I think uh, last week, just to only have two hits on Rodgers, it's just not acceptable. And this this Vikings defensive line has to get pressure on Rivers because we talked a little bit about earlier. Rivers puts the ball in harm's way if you get a hand in his face. And if you, if you make him uncomfortable, he can really, really give you the game, honestly. And the Vikings have made him uncomfortable in the past. And so that's where I look at Yannick Ngakwe and go, it's your time, son. Like, it's time to step up and really have a big-time game. And I think it's one of those situations where it's not easy because Anthony Costanzo and Braden Smith are two of the best tackles in the league. Might be the best one-two tackle punch in the NFL. They're, they're really, really solid together. 
Um, but Ngakwe has to get it done because he is a top-tier defensive end as well, and he's used to going up and succeeding against guys like Costanzo and against Smith, so it's time to shine now. It's time to really go after and, and make an impact because this is what you were brought here for, and yeah, he hasn't had a lot of time to practice, but if, if Ngakwe and the rest of this defensive line can't get pressure on Rivers, it could be a really, really long day for the Vikings. Yeah, Ngakwe, he's used to playing against the Colts. He was in that division prior to getting traded for the Vikings, so he's used to playing them uh, over there in the, in the AFC. He's got to step up. And, you know, on the other side, if a day uh, you know, he had seven sacks last year. He was he had high hopes coming this year. He was maybe a little miffed when the Vikings made that trade for Ngakwe. But he's got to kind of step up. You know, he's the guy with Hunter out here. They need a production out of him, too. The more production you get all across the line, the better it is. You know, we just touched on a little bit ago that the Vikings might not be able to get that pressure from the inside this week, so they really, really need to uh, try to get the pressure from the outside. I think, you know, the Vikings might have blitzed like on about 43% of the passing downs last week. I know that's more than Mike Zimmer likes likes to and want, wants to, but if they're not getting pressure from the front four, that means you got to take a little more chances with bringing a linebacker or a safety like uh, Harrison Smith. But that's scary, though, because the, these young corners haven't proven that they can handle a stand, or stand up in one-on-one coverage. So it's it's tough. But I, again, I think we're both confident that this Vikings team can step up. And, and, and you know, uh, everything you, you see in week one isn't necessarily true, right? Like we see teams in week one look pitiful, and then the next week they're able to get it right back on track. So it might not be as bad as it was in week one, and it might not be as good as it was in week one. I think the Browns are a really good example of this. The Browns looked horrific in week one you have major questions about baker mayfield is this is this going to really happen odell beckham jr's irritated and then in week two they get to play the bengals who's a lot less less talented than the ravens and huh, look at that they're they're so much better and i think we both agree that you know the packers are probably a, a tier above the colts and i think rogers is hands down like much much more superior than rivers so you're gonna have a chance to maybe make some hay against a team that's not as talented as you played in week one Right. We've been touching on those cornerbacks of the Vikings, but how about a cornerback that the Vikings let go this past offseason, Xavier Rhodes. He's playing for the Colts right now, and so that could be an interesting matchup. You know, there's, he, you know he wants to come in and do a very good job against the Vikings and prove Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer that he was wrong for letting him go, and it'll probably be a fun matchup to see, especially if he's pitted a lot against Adam Thielen. Who would like? Which who has the advantage there? You think does Thielen have the advantage over over Rhodes because of the familiarity that he has, or do you think Rhodes has the as has a little bit of more of an advantage than he normally would have because he knows all of Thielen's moves after practice against him for years? Yeah, I think if if uh, when Rhodes is most successful, it seems like when he's getting right in your face and kind of being physical, he's a bigger physical cornerback. If uh, if Thielen can avoid, you know, if they are matched against each other. And if Rhodes tries to get physical, you know, if, if Thielen can get that quick, you know, burst off the line of scrimmage, I think the big advantage goes to Thielen there because he's such a fantastic route runner. And you get the ball in his area code, he's grabbing it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think this is a big day for Thielen. I think he could torch Rhodes a little bit and kind of kind of make the Vikings look good for letting him go. Yeah, and, and it'd be fun to see some of these other wide receivers. You know, we've touched on a little bit earlier. Jefferson, I hope to see, uh, you know, show. I hope he can come out and show a little bit what he can do. I think the Viking fans are really clamoring for him to be a solid pick after, you know, Lacan Treadwell. He was going to bomb as a first-round draft choice. They don't want to see a repeat in that, so it'd be fun to see Jefferson kind of step out and step up and kind of start to make his presence known a, a little bit. You want to move to some picks, or do you have anything else on this game that's really pressing? 
I'm not sure if I have anything else big on this one. Um, it's just, you know, although the Colts, I think this is going to uh, one of those games where they are allowed, it's in Indianapolis, and they're allowed a few, you know, a couple, couple 3,000, maybe 2,500 fans in the stands, so there will be a little bit of a crowd noise. You know, that's probably not going to make a huge difference, but uh, if you're watching from home, you're going to see a few fans in the stands. Awesome. All right, let's move to some picks. Um, here's kind of how we'll do these. This is how we did it with Jason last week. We're just going to kind of go game by game. I'll throw out the Vegas line, and then we can kind of go back and forth on which team we would pick and why. Um, let's let's start with the Vikings. They are three-point underdogs on the road at the Colts. So Minnesota plus three. Which one do you like there? Yeah, of all, I kind of glanced. I didn't know we were going to do this part, but kind of glanced through the picks earlier. And I'm, it seemed like I'm, I was favoring a lot of the home teams this week. Colts are at home, but this is, was one of the games that I was go, t- picking the underdog with the Vikings. So I, I like the Vikings there. I like the Vikings to cover plus three as well. A couple others. Yeah, we I, think yeah I think they went straight out, not not just the plus three factor. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, Packers are six and a half point favorites against the Lions. I kind of like the Lions here, especially at that number. Six and a half points is a lot of points. And I think the Lions, like, I mean, if you watched that Lions-Bear game last week, the Lions were the better team for well over, like, for 52 minutes, right? Like, they were hands down the better team, up 23-6 to heading into the fourth quarter. Like, they looked really solid. I thought Matt Stafford and played well, and that running game was good. Adrian Peterson um, flashed back to what he used to be and was really good last you, week. So. You were, uh, down, you were uh, bashing Adrian uh, last time we were on a podcast. I was, I was absolutely bashing him, and he, and he made me look bad. He did good. He did really good. So I like the Lions plus 6.5 here. I think it's a little bit of I, – I think that that line should be a lot less, and I'll take the value there. Yeah, I'm not saying the Lions are going to win the game outright, but I like the Lions in that point spread. And, I'm, and the Lions might be able to win the game anyway, maybe. Just if you go over the last couple, three years, the Lions have played the Packers about as well as anybody in the entire division. They've played them very, very tough. Uh, the Packers lost, or the Packers beat the Lions last year by four points combined. So that's a, yeah. that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, let's stay in the NFC North, and the Bears are going to be five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants. Who do you like there? Boy, that's a tough one. Uh, That's a lot of points, too. Uh, You know, last week, Daniel Jones moved the ball pretty well. You know, the young quarterback for the Giants, he moved the ball really well. He had a couple of mishaps, including a very costly interception along the goal line. But I think he's kind of showing that he can play in the league. But, you know, their offensive line is just so horrible. So if the Bears are to control that game, it's going to be because – you're going to take advantage of that Giants offensive line, but I like the Giants to cover that spread in that game. I'm totally with you. I think that I think that Mac is going to be pretty good and have a chance to make some big plays. And Robert Quinn is back, and then you're also going to have um, a little bit from oh, why am I blanking on the Bears nose tackle, who's an absolute Akeem Hicks, dumb. Akeem right. Hicks, yeah. yeah, he's going to be back and probably playing too. So Quinn's return is huge. I like the. I think that the. I think that the Bears win this game, but five and a half is far too much. I think the Giants are pretty good and have some weapons that can give the Bears some problems. All right, Atlanta is four and a half point underdogs to the that to the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you like there? I can go first in this one if you want. I like. I like Dallas minus four and a half. I think Dallas is really good at home, and I think that the Atlanta defense is a sieve. And CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott should have a really big day. And I like the Cowboys' defense, too. So I'm taking Cowboys minus four and a half. The Cowboys have a lot of injuries right now, especially in their linebacking core. I think they got one or two guys that are out. Yep. One guy's out for the year. Uh, and it seems like they have a defensive back banged up, too. 
Matt Ryan is one of those guys. If he get once he gets rolling, he can he can get you. But if he if he has a bad game, it's a bad game. Uh, turf game. I'm going to go. The Matt Ryan has a decent enough game here that the, the Falcons cover that spread. So I'm I'm going to disagree with you there. It's close. It's really close. All right. Uh, Bills are minus six against the Dolphins. I didn't love everything I saw from the Dolphins last week, but I think that six points is far too big. I'll take Miami plus six against a Bills team that still has some issues, I think, long-term about their – about because I still have some questions about Josh Allen long-term, if he can really be legitimately really, really good. And I think this Dolphins defense is pretty tough. Yeah, Dolphins are not showing a little bit there, but I, I kind of like the Bills here. Um, I, just, I, I'm just, I think the Bills can uh, cover that spread. Okay. Carolina is eight point underdogs against Tampa Brady. Wow. Brady did not have a really good opener. Our Viking fans out there uh, got Teddy Bridgewater quarterbacking for Carolina. Uh, Tampa Bay, I don't know. Every, you know, literally everybody's picked to click. You know, last week during that uh, game, they were saying, like, this could be a, with they're playing the Saints, they're like, this could be a, pre, a matchup of the NFC title game. It's like, really? Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm gonna. I think Carolina might win that game outright, let alone the point spread. I'm going with Carolina. I am with you. We are. We're pretty much in lockstep here. I like when we're thinking the same way because I think I. I really think it just comes down to I don't think Tampa Bay is that talented, right? Like they. They just I, Brady's and the offense is just a little. It just looks funky and looks a little bit weird, and, and it's needing time. And then another one is Chris Godwin has a concussion and probably won't play. So those are those are big numbers there. So I'll take Carolina plus eight, and Carolina has a lot of offensive weapons. Um, a couple, more, we'll go a little bit rapid fire here. Steelers minus seven and a half versus the Broncos. Hmm, minus seven and a half. Uh, that's pretty big spread. Going to take the uh, Broncos to cover that spread. Good. Uh, they're really good defense. I agree with that. That's going to be a low scoring, grinded out game. Uh, Rams and. Philadelphia are a pick 'em. It's on the road at Philadelphia. I like the Rams here. I thought I thought the Rams are, are really good, and I think the Eagles have a lot of question marks. Beat up on offense still. That offensive line could be weird, and I just there's something off with that team right now. And I, I like where the Rams are at. Yeah, I, I agree with you right there. Uh, the Rams, uh, they don't seem to be getting a lot of respect this year. I, I like the Rams there. Carson Wentz, he's one of those other guys like, up and down. He's, uh, he can be very turnover-prone if things don't go his way, so I'm going to the Rams. The Niners have to fly across the country to the Jets, and they're seven-point favorites. That seems big, but the Jets are also horrible. What do you like there? That does seem big. Jets are horrible. 49ers. There you go. We don't, we don't overthink it. We don't overthink it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this, one's, this one's not going to be very fun to watch, I don't think. The Jaguars and the Titans. The Titans are seven and a half point favorites. The Jags are, the Jags are frisky. They're really frisky. But I think that this Titans team can really run all over this Jaguars defense. So a ball control... I know seven and a half is a big number, but I think the Titans are clearly the better team, and I just don't know if the Jags will be able to score against a Titans defense that can, that's just really solid. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, that the Titans do like to run the ball. They got the Henry just pounding away a big back. In that regards, you know, if it's one of those low-scoring games, I like the Jags just a couple of point spread. Yeah. It might be one of those you know twenty to sixteen type games, seventeen thirteen. So I think that I think the Jags cover the spread. 
I think lose the game but cover the spread. I could be I could be walked into that one too. I, I'd have to look at the numbers a little bit more. I think I'm I could be with you on that. Okay, Washington. We can't say the Redskins. They're the Washington football ah, team. We can't year. say what Washington <laughs> football team. <laughs> That's right. Washington against Arizona. Arizona seven point favorite. I like Washington plus seven here. What about you? Gosh, that is a big spread for the. Uh, right. I mean, the Cardinals are they're kind of one of those up and coming teams. That is a pretty big spread, though. Especially uh, after Washington last week, like, handled Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, they played them very tough So uh, and won the game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover uh, take Washington to cover that spread. This one might be the most fun game of, like, the early games, and it's Baltimore against the Texans. Baltimore is 7.5-point favorites against the Texans. I like the Texans plus 7.5 here because Deshaun Watson can really score – Will Fuller's been really good this year. David Johnson is resurgent and looks healthy and fun and young again. And I think that the Ravens are really good, but I just I have a hard time thinking that the Ravens are going to be able to blow every single team out. The Browns are the Browns. The Browns are going to Browns all the time. But this Texan yeah. team has the talent to stay close within a touchdown. Yeah, I was talking with uh, a Twitter talk with somebody this week. They were uh, asking some fan was asking who who he like uh, who we should start this week. Uh, Rivers or Watson at quarterback, and I was telling the guy Watson over Rivers just because Rivers has struggled against the Vikings. Agreed. And, this, and they were countering like, "Well, Baltimore's got a really good defense." And like, yeah, it's a tough choice for you. So I'm giving that person advice that he should start Watson over you know Rivers. I'm going to take you know Watson to play fairly solid, and the Texans to cover the spread in this game. So Guy Limbeck is now a fantasy football advisor. Look at you; you could add it to your resume. <laughs> well, I've been playing fantasy football for a lot of years, but uh, yeah, I don't know about advisor. <laughs> All right, a couple others. Uh, this one has potential to be a blowout, and Vegas agrees with me. Kansas City minus nine against the Chargers. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one right there, huh? That, that's a pretty big spread, but if the Chiefs get rolling, they can put up some numbers as they've pro- proven that. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to play, you know, score we got Gus Bradley, a local guy, who is the Chargers defensive coordinator, but this is going to be a tough matchup for them. I think the Chiefs get at least the high 20s, low 30s, and cover that spread. Agreed. I think the Chargers have some issues offensively. Best yes. game of the day, hands down, no questions. New England against Seattle, Sunday night football. Cam Newton against Russell Wilson in a battle of like two really, really good defenses. Seattle is a four-point favorite. And give me the Seahawks here at home. I I think that Russell Wilson is the. I know that Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback, but Russell Wilson would probably be my number two. He's absolutely tremendous. DK Metcalf is good. Tyler Lockett is good downfield. They can really unleash it. Chris Carson, we all know he can run the ball. And this defense is good against a Patriots team that is solid, but I still think they're very one dimensional. So I think the Seahawks minus four at home is is pretty safe. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I saw you know have like they have like the promos for they have like a bunch of promo games uh, on the Thursday night game last night with you know four I think it was four teams and a quarterback for each team and they had the Seahawks and the Patriots game up there as one of the teams and they had Cam Newton as the quarterback listed of the two quarterbacks. It's like why would you disrespect? Russell Wilson like that. I was thinking the same thing that you just were just saying. He is one of the top few quarterbacks in the league. Cam's coming off, you know, he's a solid, but you know, he come on, he, he's coming off a bad year last year. It's injuries. You know, he's out of this, he was out of Carolina for a reason. Uh, 
went to you know New England basically on a one year minimum contract almost. So I'm uh, you're disrespecting a fantastic. 12th man at home. I like them to cover that game. Agreed. All right. Two more, then we'll get out of here. Or one more. I'm sorry. One more, then we'll get out of here. The Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders. That feels weird. I just always want to say Oakland. But Las Vegas Raiders, they are five and a half point underdogs at home against the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints could be without Michael Thomas, who has a high ankle sprain. Now, there's been some reports that he might be able to come back. I think that those are all BS. He's not going to play this week. They're going to be careful with their generational talent. Um, but five and a half, the Ve- the Raiders, they put up they put up 34 points last week against a, a really bad Carolina Panthers defense, but they've shown that they can have some explosiveness a little bit. Josh Jacobs is really good, but what do you think of that line? Yeah, Jacobs, he's a really strong running back for uh, – for the Raiders, that is a pretty big uh, line. You talk about the you know the Las Vegas Raiders. It's always weird for me saying the Los Angeles Chargers. I still think of that as San Diego. That's when I, that always trips me up. But that's a pretty big line. Um, it's a Saints coming off you know a you know a tough game last week. I think that uh, I like the uh, Las Vegas there to cover that spread. I'm going the other way. I think the Saints get okay. right. I think the Raiders are. Fool's gold a little bit. I don't. I don't like their defense. I don't like their defense. So, but I see that. But also, Brees, I don't like. Well, I don't like Drew Drew Brees's offense anymore. I, I'm personally. totally with you. I I was gonna just say the same thing. I was like, he didn't look right at all, and it's weird because both Brady and Brees didn't look right at all. And it's like, man, we're really having a changing of the guard here. Where there there maybe not be a they're not top eight quarterbacks in the in the in the you know in the league this year. That's weird to have. Hopefully Aaron, hopefully Aaron Rodgers can join him on that descent very soon. All right, real quick before we get out of here, you got to give me a score prediction on the Colts and the Vikings. Uh, boy, Jason and I did our points on the purple uh, for our for the newspaper, and I believe that I picked uh, Vikings 27-21. So I would say, say the same thing. Vikings 27, Colts 21. I am going with Colts 24, Vikings 20. I, for some, I have a weird feeling. I have a weird feeling about this game because I feel like if the Vikings can't get any pressure, it could be a really bad day. Yeah, I I agree with you there. It could be. They they definitely need to get that pressure going. I just don't know if if Rivers is going to be able to make that many plays. Great stuff. All right. Well, thanks, Guy, for hopping on. And thanks to everybody for listening to the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. We continue to get really good numbers. Super happy about them. So you can just reach out to us on Twitter. You can reach out to us on our emails and, and let us know if anything you want us to talk about or, or send in some questions or whatever you need to do, we can do that. But thanks so much for listening to the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. We'll have another episode on Monday breaking down the Colts and the Vikings. Mm-hmm.